So these are devotional practices, recollections and devotion to choose, to vote, and make a choice. So these are voluntary. Mm. We choose to mm, direct ourselves in terms of awakening, being aware of what's happening. Mm. Internally and uh, conduct, understanding. We're living under the auspices awareness and with a sense that all the mingled experiences we have will cause that awareness to mature, grow, strengthen. Buddha came through lifetimes of intense difficulties. many times giving his own body and life away, uh, and so on. So these are things we can recollect. This was, and all this was strengthening, not uh, because of the choice. We choose to, to meet what arises. We don't have to. We can always, well, we can attempt to look the other way, or screen, or so on. Sometimes we do that just because we can't manage it. Can't find room for it, can't, awareness can't stretch over it. It's just uh, too difficult. Mm. So the inclining towards the Dhamma is always giving us a, a handhold just to practice one right thought. <laughs> just to carefully pick up and direct one right thought. <clears throat> As it rises, it comes into fruition, passes, and experiencing the feeling and the skillfulness of a right thought coming from goodwill lack of malice, inclination to simplification, service, relinquishment. Mm. The Dhamma is always giving us a handhold where we can find this necessary quality of path. Path begins where you are. But of course where we are we bring out where you're in our lives. We're not really in uh, a retreat center. We're in our lives. Chitta is in its in the life stream. So we come into this, and uh, we generally need some handholds. So, in order to find path, to strengthen path factors. You know, so it's always uh, 
something to bear in mind. You can't really process material difficulties, the confusions, the mysteries, the regrets, the anxieties, and so forth, without accessing path factors. Mm. We just go into overwhelmed states or spin out, go through the same, think the same difficult thoughts over again, they just go round and round. So we have to find this uh, path quality. Mm. And of course the Dhamma is manifold, many, many different gates, many different entrances. Mm. So one obvious one, we easily overlook when our afflictions are of an emotional nature, of a psychological nature, of a histories and stories and obsessive thoughts. It's just this very physical form, um, and which doesn't seem to answer anything or solve anything, but um, it's a gateway for the factors to arise. So you find the places in your body which are not, which are open, which are free, the soles of your feet, the end of an out-breath, the end of an inhalation, placing your hands, and just keep resonating with those. You pick up, so the path is to seek the skillful, seek the skillful, seek the unafflicted. Don't just go to the afflicted, which is where, of course, our difficulties drag us to the afflicted, the unresolved saying, finish me, solve me, fix me, change me, make me another way. Of course, this is the, the lure that drags us in. Why is it this? Why is it that? Why am I this? Why am I that? Reasonable enough, but it's not a path factor. And you don't have the, that steadiness, that groundedness, that coolness. So you just have to leave that. And find out where where do you pick up faith and sati and mindfulness and energy, right energy. It's in this body. The basic energy source has to touch into this embodiment before it can really uh, um, bear fruit. Something the Buddha spent years trying to, before he really knew that. So his awakening was coming into just this. into the sense of a grounded, stable body, safe. So we make an effort to do this very intellectually very simple thing and notice the number of times we haven't done that or haven't really got it, haven't really established it, assumed it and didn't really feel it directly. 
through encouragement, you know, whole body, down your back, soles of your feet, linger until you get a sense of this jitta surfacing there. Where we, because in this body we experience life, the life force, and jitta when jitta knows this is alive, itself comes alive. It's difficult to <laughs> explain this, it just is that way. Jitta is that which you and you, you, you get the sense of sentiency, sentient, able to sense, feel, be affected, be touched, be vulnerable, be connected to the earth, be this thing, this experience of a life force. And then you, then jitta, and then you know it. Not intellectually, you get it. And you get it, and you get it, it's, other people are that way too. In the sense of the precarious, beautiful, precious, uh, special, vulnerable livingness of it all. And you touch into that. You can feel that in the pulses in your skin, saying that. It seems so insignificant. But, you know, picking up the ability to be resonant is generally our afflictions take us not into resonance but into reactivity, tangle, obstructiveness, stuck, desperation, frustration. I am, I am, I'm not, I am, why am I, how could I not be? Why am I? What's wrong with why me? Oh, take us into that, the, the lock. The life force, you just sentient, know you're sentient. There's a sort of anonymity about it. It's like just as this, this is sentiency. It lives. Pulsing. Linger with it. It's, it's, it gives you, it gives you your, could say your tune, <laughs> your, your theme. You, you begin to sense that. It's not something you've contrived. It's not something you've adopted. Not something you've decided to do or make or be or make work for you. It's just it's there, and that's your baseline. And you touch into that because. It's the place of such a truth. It's true. Everything else, we don't know, really. Could be. Don't know why. But this, there's no why. There's not even a who. And jitta, it just comes really to the surface. Uh, uh, Awakening. If we find this, if we dwell in this, 
then many, many uh, wholesome factors, indrias arise. Sense of faith. Faith is what? Belief? No. It means the mind is open. Things are possible. It's open. It's available. It's accessible. It's not preoccupied. It doesn't have an end game. There's an energy there that is not forced. It's vibrant, curious. Mind gets quite lively, not necessarily fast, but sensitive. The energy you can then energy can be applied. Till the energy is there, you can't really apply it. You can apply willpower. Ideas, goals, orientations. Yeah, well, yeah, but the, these are really secondary. So when we say we offer our body and life. Where's that? Well, devotion is like that. It's that very full sense of, you know, uh, like uh, even if it's just for three minutes, one minute. You know, even the moment when you were bowing, we just, the whole thing. So it's, it's, a, it's a gesture, and yet it's a gesture touching into a certain nakedness and of being that is both sensitive and yet there's a strength in it. Because mm. around this, conviction begins. And truth begins. And it has a I call it the feedback loop. Once that begins, it gathers energy and has a strength to it. And so the virya, the energy, the sadha, the faith become quiet. This is, you know, this is the this is the path motor, you could say. The engine of it, the juice, the fruit, the, the drive, the vehicle. Without that, we're just running on uh, good ideas, and some of them may catch some of that quality. And it's not they're not all not all deluded. They may in fact tap into that. They may evoke that quality in us, that sense of full-heartedness. Indeed, sometimes they don't. Sometimes they just seem like ideas. So we, when we do puja, it's that very full, embodied thing. Just to touch into that, pick up that theme. There's no person, there's no history in it. It's an occasion. This occasion when particularly when we was cultivated together as so the group, all the personhoods and the personal comparisons don't have to arise it's just this is the you know the sense of human aspiration sangha sangha is called the field 
the field, Sangha is the field, field of blessings. The very fact of having a field is a blessing. So it's not, because uh, then there's a sense of we are, we are involved, we're included, we're welcomed, we are, yeah. And there's something very uh, valuable about that. So, because a lot of our affliction has a certain exclusive quality to it. We feel occlu- excluded from either the the understanding of others, or the compassion of others, or the presence of others, or we feel we not don't belong, or aren't worthy, or you know nobody cares anyway, or people don't understand, or these are kind of things that may not even verbalise, but they can be there because you know in the field of our human life, those have been the messages from time to time. So we we. You know, those are the messages that can be available. Hopefully not all the time, but certainly some of the time. And the jitta picks that up. And, you know, it's, it's the most um, difficult uh, human experience is exclusion. Separation is the fundamental pain of the heart. So much comparisons go on in order to feel that one is on the same level, okay, you know, not left behind, not, you know, from the, what everybody else is about. Searching to be okay with the others, because the feeling of being excluded, lessened, and so on, is just a very fundamental, pre-rational pain and fear that people experience and chitter experiences. People generally do something about it. Personality develops so you can just say, oh well that's these you know, so what? Get into our things, our Netflix or whatever <laughs> You know build our little uh, fortresses or little our play pens where we can have our stuff going on and my little my little place, my little spot, my little world I can get interested in, enjoy myself and play my toys in my room experience. Well that's a strategy and yeah well known strategy. So it does. It does. That it occludes. It, it, we we cover. We occlude the chitta. Yes. Um, the chitta is fundamentally very attuned and permeable and sympathetic. It, it is permeable. It means it's affected and is is. Uh, that's the way it is. So it wants to be affected in a way where it feels. Know, ease and comfort rather than rejection or hostility and uh, certainly in our lives these negative experiences are there both the sense of direct hostility or just the withdrawal 
of, of, or the not giving warmth, appreciation, acknowledgement, presence. So this is at least as common as direct abuse or hostility. It's just that you're not there. Mm. So that withdrawal, which is not an action, it's, it's a, it's a non-action, <laughs> also becomes, uh, isn't unusual. You know, people are absorbed in their work, their television, their own stuff, and you're not there. Mm. So this absence of, of uh, what is um, needed yeah, for humans, just to be seen, acknowledged, some sense of energy moving between people, open to each other. So when we cultivate sangha, it's at one time, you know, making the occasion when at this time we do hear, we at least hear the voices and hear our voice mingling with the others. And for your voice is as important as anybody else's. It doesn't have to be that good, it just has to be a voice. Mm. So that, that sense, and it's clearly intellectually, it doesn't mean anything much, but on a certain emotional level, you just the voices mingle and blend. And what are they saying? The field field of the Sangha, those who practice well. So resonating some of these tones and encouragements that at least one is in the field, you've cultivated one skillful thought, <laughs> uh, deliberately chosen to cultivate a skillful thought, deliberately chosen, cultivated a, a preset, cultivated um, so the Buddha said, you know, if you cultivated loving kindness for the length of time it takes to pull a cow's udder, then you're worthy of alms food. <laughs> these, these, then you have not neglected the teaching. So it's, you know, ehi pasiko, invitation, come in. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and the ability to come in with personality, it's difficult. Personality is a, is a, a growth on the chitta, um, which separates us, which acts as our our um, uh, our face, if you like, or our. It's, it's, it, 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 it both filters out and covers what we don't want to have exposed, and tries to present what we hope will will be there and tries to manage what comes in by, you know, uh, replying to it or screening it off or changing it. Chitta is, um, the personality is always a separate, different, they're karmically generated. And, and so, you know, you don't really get that deep just on personalities alone. Not to say we shouldn't have one, but that the the chitta comes first, and then we learn to live and accept each other's personalities with their own forms, and which isn't quite the way I have it or see it or say it or think it, but that's okay. So it allows us to be different, 
because we're not making that the, the big issue. Instead, there's that sense of we are Sangha and we are following paths and we're practicing one skillful thought at a time, one skillful motivation at a time, one motivation towards refuge, one touching into you know, full awareness at a time. We don't decide to do that, keeping it up. Then that's you're in. You're in because you want to be in. That's it. <laughs> and you, this is what you do. You do. You bear presence with your body, with your heart, with your thoughts. You bear presence with them, and using the body to make that presence something that's not just theoretical, but actually tangibly felt. So, sensing as you come into your body, sensing just the sense of feeling, which is both tactile and then somatic. And somatic will be be much more highly um, impacted or charged or affected by mental states and mental conditioning, psychological states, emotional states, and conditioning. So we just move from the tactile, and then if it's feeling how it it feels in our body, and then come out to just the sheer tactile, the standing, and keep moving between the two. Where does the skillful state arise? Where does the path factor arise? This doesn't have to be that subtle. Many of the forest masters would say, we just walk up and down just remembering bones, skin, flesh, thought, you know, this. Just kind of keep just that simplicity as something which can anchor, act as a skillful factor to stabilize the sway and the push of feeling. Feeling and emotion, physical feeling, bodily feeling, somatic feeling, and psychological feeling, emotions. They push, coming into that. So you get something to ground in. When it's pleasant, agreeable, then you breathe it into your physicality. Unpleasant, disagreeable, you contain it within your physicality. Then you extend your physicality from the top of your head down to the soles of your feet, the whole thing form a container that is not judgmental, doesn't do anything, it doesn't compare it to anything, it has no future to it, it doesn't say should, it just is bears presence with that. And that's that's an that's mindfulness, that's sati, bearing presence. And we feel, we we resonate with that. And in that Strange things happen, you know, things happen. Things speak, things move, things shift. And practitioner always has to bear in mind the humility, a lot of it you have no one does not understand at all. Doesn't understand at all, doesn't regulate, doesn't know, it's just there it is and it moves around and it 
does things and it shifts and at some point something seems to shift, drop, change and you feel chitta has come out of its tangle and this it, within this embodiment and you get a little touch what we call rapture like a certain ah, you know, certain trickling, a certain bubbling, a certain lightning, a certain energy arises. And that's always a sign whenever a, a difficulty, hindrance, obstruction releases, there's this moment of uh, like a vibrancy, a relief, uh, an energy energy of rapture. And so we we you, then, you, then suddenly you, you know that's, that's where that, that's something real, it's a real thing, something's happening there, that something has shifted. Maybe that's all one needs to know. Mm. For path. Much of our practice is just about making ourselves available and making it possible to to bear presence. And when we come to this kind of situation, we really are, you know, walking straight in to our lives in a very full frontal way without much uh, distraction. It's it's uh, so the jitta is just it gets exposed and it has to meet what it doesn't was never been able to meet or found difficult meeting or is unresolved. So for this we have to really spend time making that possible and bearing in mind this is what one will meet if it's going to be fruitful we'll meet what we haven't been able to meet and something will shift if it's been fruitful Mm. it could mean that it's not necessarily unpleasant sometimes we meet our joy and it surprises us Sometimes, of course, the energies move so quickly that we feel flooded. So this uh, sense of strengthening so that uh, we don't just get, you know, eruptions of strong rapture, so they just, which, which we can't really contain steadily, you can't integrate it, just, it's, it's agreeable. But the rapture has to be carefully acknowledged, held, and then soothed into ease. So that's the integration process, whereby it's fed back. And so this has to be the way of the channels to 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 do that through. And these is something you can't necessarily figure out with your brain and your head. But the more that you practice just this sense of sheer mindfulness and the fullness of the body and avoid the uh, too much thinking, 
stuff starts to open. It's, it's built in. We are an enlightenment system. <laughs> it's all there. It's just that so much of it is, is obscured or clogged or not utilized. And it comes into, into our body. It's, it's said, you know, you touch those beings who touch the deathless in their body. some sort of somatic release or ease or, you know, what do you say? These are somewhat enigmatic phrases, but they're certainly pointing, and the whole path points to, in this very body, is the world and the ending of it and the path to the ending of that. And this very body, at baseline, is the same as as every other body. Clearly it's a unique one in its outward appearance, its physicality, but it has the same blueprints, the same codes. So we, we, we acknowledge in ourselves, we also recognize this is, at our Sangha level, we just have this one, you know, one set of blueprints really. The ability to feel pleasure, pain, the uh, ability to be alive and vitalized, to breathe in, to breathe out, uh, you know, the, these, and then to just lean into that communality of being. So anything that helps us to shift out of the isolated personal view it doesn't mean that personally we all have to get together or, you know, that may help, but can also not touch it. This is something of a deeper level. And a devotion opening, the theme of it is to create the occasion where that can be fully expressed to others and to ourselves. When there is a strengthening, this is what these practices are about, they're not just, um, you know, Buddhist hymns as it were, um, and in some schools, it's just this is like eighty percent of it is doing is is this of this nature, maybe even more. Yeah, <laughs> giving, relinquishing, so of, you know, this quality uh, to to settle in in a refuge quality rather than a personal karma. But of course, you know, the personal karma has to be uh, met. So it's not just to be constantly praising Buddha Dharma Sangha 
uh, uh, they are worthy of it, but to, to use it so that there's enough there, capacity in something transpersonal, you know, which is both universal, it's transpersonal, it's uncontrived, it's not created by any individual, and it contains the potentials for path and fruit. Strengthening it by returning to it time and time again, wherever you can find it, wherever you can gain access to it. If it's in a f- offering a flower, if it's in a thought, if it's in a sound, if it's in a mantra, if it's in an outbreath, if it's in a memory, if it's in a beloved friend, if it's in wherever it is, uh, where, where those facts, the indrias of confidence, openness, trust, mm, um, energy, one is energized, one is uplifted, there's potential, sati, one can, can sustain, bear in mind, then the indrias of collectedness and discernment will follow. Then we meet what has to be met. And uh, what has to be met feels. Everything, all dhammas have to come, anything that's pertinent, relevant, for good or for bad, Skillful or unskillful has to come through the door of feeling. Vedana. Feeling pleasant, feeling unpleasant, feeling neutral. To feel. And it doesn't come, that's that's the door it comes through. So to be able to feel, sometimes something just seizes up. Or we've just gone out. Difficult feeling. So this strengthening until one is able to to meet experience at the felt level, at the felt sense, where we feel there's a certain activation, and we feel the pleasant, unpleasant, mm. neutral qualities. So to acknowledge that any numbing, or what can sometimes happen is that we just spin out, the mind just zips off somewhere else. And when there's difficult feeling, either topics or you know, um, something in your body feels very blocked or tense, you need to stand back from it. So be that that which bears presence with that. And, as feel, and learns to feel it. Not to explain it, not to just to feel this feels, you know, something we doesn't want to be with this. I don't want to be with this. You know, rather, so I don't want to be with this. Yeah, of course. How, does, how is that? This is called um, unpleasant. Mm-hmm. Lingering. And what, and it, what enables us to be present with unpleasant feeling. 
faith, energy, embodiment, sangha, path factors, wherever that is, dwelling upon them, lingering on them, and you, you move from your place of refuge and you're just touching into the difficult, being present with it, letting it can't letting it speak. Whenever it speaks, either physically or somatically, or emotions move around, or even you get ideas run through your head, or memories come up. And this is all very much what happens for people. The unpacking. Mm, Just bearing in mind, bearing in mind, bearing presence with that. Helps it to unpack, to unload, to move on. This is all pretty standard, isn't it? And to be able to feel. So the more one practices, that that becomes to me much more the the touchstone. Whereas the mind would get the first hint of it and tend, oh, what can I do about it? How can I make it change? How can I make it go away? So I was even just this morning when Ajahn Chunda talked about his father, you know, in his dying process and a lot of struggle and difficulty things going on. And I think, you know, this gets feeling in my guts just start to churn and tighten and tangle. And I've naturally so practiced enough to not come up with some advice about it or what to do about it or have anything to say. I just sat, so I just, I'm feeling the shock. That's all I have to say. And, you know, I mean, goodness me, is it so shocking? Yes, it is. Intellectually, well, people are dying with only know the man. So one level, it's just well, yeah, and well, you just probably go and sort your business out and make no. That isn't what's happening. What's happening is just a sense of it. Always, it's always a shock because the body, however much my personality can understand it, my body every time things happen to another human being of that nature, my body knows it's the same body is dying. <laughs> the same body is struggling. The same body is, is going through its upheavals. Yeah. And this body resonates with it. And so it's certainly living in, in this life, one is always meeting suffering one's own and other people's and it always hurts and I suppose I say that over time I've just learned to not not bother with not with trying to not make it hurt you know not not even worry about it just oh there it is again and then the more quickly and the less my my inclination goes to 
fobbing it off, explaining it, or saying, well, that's the way it is for people, and so on, and all that kind of stuff, which is true in its own way, but it's not touching the point. We're touchstone of it, just let myself feel sad. And it moves along, and it passes. Not that I particularly ask it to pass, it just moves through. And, yeah. And so that's it goes like that. Mm. Yeah. A number of occasions, public occasions, and every one of them I feel this sense of anxiety. Well not anxiety, just nervous. I don't resist it. It's not it's not fear so much as just don't know. So it's, you should, one should be nervous because you're trying to sense things out. What's going on? I don't regard that as a problem. So if I was trying to be a kind of, you know, completely passive, immaculate, whatever I thought monks were supposed to be, I'd find that a problem. (laughs) I suppose. But since I don't have an idea, I've given up trying to be what I'm supposed to be. (laughs) Because there's no path in that. Really, it's an ideal. It's, it's, and it's just like this. Oh, maybe it's supposed to be that way. And then it just moves through. And one is not suffering around it. This is, this is the human system, does this. It empathizes. It, it feels vulnerable. It feels delicate. It feels sensitive. It's supposed to. It's either that you feel insensitive, which is perhaps safer, but it, it's not—it's not healthy because then you don't deal with stuff. You don't de- you don't process your own business. You don't stuff doesn't you block it or something, and you just shuts it down because you don't build up the resources and the confidence that you know these untidy, tangled feelings are really. That's it. it. This this is life, and um, and if you can feel that, you can also feel the joy, and the happiness, and the pleasure, and of uh, other people's welfare, and the beauty of people's gratitude and generosity, and the purity of their devotion. And you can feel all these. So you get. That's it, really. You're in this. We're in this. We're in this. This is where the chitta is. It's not in the person. So now we take refuge. This is, you know, what we have to gain the strength and the and the psychological willingness to be in this very affected state and then it it doesn't run away, it doesn't go out of control, it doesn't blow you out, you just sense it and you can hold it and contain it and feel it mindfulness is that which gains a certain capacity around feeling and we learn Discernment comes through that.
So in our practice, the beauty of this is when you really consider the Dhamma, it's not just a personal practice. You can sense it in others. So one can just even sense the the sadness or the, the aspirations or the strengths or the beauties of other beings. And there's, there's a path factor. So it's quite holistic. And one can start to empathize. And, and this is the beauty of Sangha. That's the beauty of the field. We, you know, we may sense our access to that field is embodied condition, but the embodied condition can turn and sense the field that we're in. And that's, that's the privilege of, uh, particularly of a situation like this. Um, and ideally, when we were able to you know, recollect that, that turning to the field, then an occasion like this and other occasions like this begin to embed that field awareness as a reference point. So when you're away on your own in your room in the forest after retreat, you can return to the field, recollect devotion to the field of the skillful beings. So this is where we build up a reference point to to uh, cultivate and clear the karma of the person within the field of sangha. So let's take some time you know, for you know, contemplating our own personal configurations. <laughs> 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 <laughs>